what would you say to like so there because I, I i i worry sometimes about nostalgia and like the track like the, it's it's trappings um and i wonder whether like when we talk about remember when the internet was fun and now it's not like <clears throat> whether what we actually mean is like remember when we were young right and when like <laughs> i remember like when we had fun on the internet when we were young because i can imagine like so when i had the most fun on the internet I feel like I must have like in like in the same way most people were. Um, I must have been a teenager and you know, it was the time where like, you know, you mostly communicate on um MSN Messenger. You'd have like, you know, your sort of blogs on like Pixel or like Bebo, like whatever, you know, there were lots of ways you'd have these blogs. Um, and it was really kind of disproportionate and chaotic. And when I look back on that time, it's like, well, I had a lot of fun, but I also remember the internet being a lot more cruel and a lot more vicious. Um, a lot, you know, in some cases, like a lot more unforgiving, uh, and like also with the same kinds of problems, but with like far less protections than there are now. And like, you know, to say that is really to sort of say quite a lot. What we didn't have was like a much more advanced internet. It felt like it was a bit more siloed. So like, you know, these were online environments for young people. And so it was for young people to experience sort of being young for, you know, at least that's how it was marketed. But the point being that like I was 14, like 13, 14, 15 at this time. And so <laughs> the only job I had was just to have fun online. Um, whereas I think, but at the same time, I think that, well, you know, I, I, you know, I have cousins who are teenagers and I like have, you know, I know people who know teenagers. Um, and it does feel that even though they have like different online environments and they can navigate it perhaps a little bit better than I can, um, it, you know, it feels like the pressures that they face are much more significant. Um, and I wonder whether like what, when we talk about fun online, how much of this is just kind of like an age related thing, sort of looking back on that period and now looking back on how we use it now, or, you know, and, and how much of that is also just like the ways that online of change has changed has meant that we are now all on platforms. We are now all on like a handful of platforms that aren't necessarily as siloed off. Um, and in order to sort of like get the most from it, there is this like monetization function. So you write in your piece also about um you write a little bit about elon musk and how you know uh the ways in which like the new blue check platform rewards users monetarily based on the engagement that their post driver regardless of their veracity um the decay of this system is apparent in the spread of fake news and mislabeled videos including the recent like hamas attack on israel um yeah i i guess to like put it in very succinct terms like how much like how do we not fall into the trap of nostalgia and how do you sort of separate that from like how do you separate like, you know, the trappings of age and just the demands that platforms now place on everyday users, regardless of where they are on their like online journeys? Yeah, I mean, I think nostalgia is certainly part of it. Like we do remember what it was like to create our identities online and like have that freedom and be exploring it as a new space that was kind of just coming into existence. But I did. I think there are major differences between how things worked then and how they work now. And I did try to kind of double check that by talking to some like, you know, Gen Z people who I like on TikTok who do video essays and like commentaries. So I thought, you know, OK, surely these people are having fun online. <laughs> like they're posting on TikTok a lot. They're developing these cool ideas. They're talking in their comments, commentary communities on here. But I talked to them and they weren't <laughs> like right. like I uh eleanor stern who's one of my favorite like tiktok commentators was like no this all feels like labor this is all toward the goal of like monetization and, mm. and selling advertising and like driving engagement and i think what makes it feel so different is like the omnipresent monetization like you're always working towards some goal of 
gaining an audience or becoming an influencer, selling sponsorships that I don't think was as true, you know, a decade or 15 years ago. Mm. And also the lack of anonymity or the connection between your real physical person and your internet presence. I think that has become much stronger um, in part because of, you know, Facebook connecting those things in the 2010s, but also because your face is on the internet more now, like through Instagram, through iPhone cameras, through TikTok videos or Twitch streams, like human faces are much more present. And I think that like forced presence is, you know, sometimes a very negative experience and limits a lot of people from participating in the way that they otherwise otherwise might want to. Um, and I think, I mean, it just feels a bit less creative. I think, I mean, the, the huge platforms have made it easier to publish stuff than ever. Like you can put whatever thoughts you want or images or videos out online, but it happens through such a restricted palette of aesthetics and tropes and memes that it just feels like everyone's kind of forcing themselves into the same containers. Whereas at least like, you know, a blog spot you had to kind of build for yourself a Tumblr, you could change your theme. And many people did like once a month or even more often than that. It just felt like, I think I missed the sense of personal expression that some of the earlier eras had. Yeah. And like one of the, one of the things I sort of got from your piece as well was just um, the ways like, or I guess like the issue like of ca- like categorization, um, mm. which is something that I think about, I've, I've been thinking about like a little bit in other like episodes and other bits of work as well. Um, and where, and, and where I sort of wonder whether what we're also dealing with is a crisis of categorization to some degree, like, you know, and again, very much like based on my old recollection of online culture, um, you know, I think the times I sort of like found the internet the most beneficial was when I was sort of kind of going in searching for things that I knew I was interested in. Um, and you know, you would sort of have like, you know, it, it wouldn't be like necessarily the best archived place in the world. But you knew you what what you were sort of looking for, and you could get lost in online, you know, looking for the things that you were looking for. Um, and it feels like now that kind of that that way of searching for stuff and that way of kind of like exploring your interests via the internet as a tool is no longer really like the mainstay or the default. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is to do with like how algorithms categorize us. So I think search is a really good example of this where you kind of have like conventional search engines that don't really work in the way that they should because of advertising, uh, partly because of advertising and algorithmic advertising, um, but also search functions that are kind of structured in a way to give you stuff that it feels you are interested in or directions <laughs> that it feels that you should go to, which then yeah. leads into a situation where you'll go onto Instagram and it will like advertise things or like advertise, like take you down directions that you weren't necessarily going for in the first place and that's great for them because obviously it means you're sort of kept on the platform but i'm not sure whether that leads to any kind of enjoyment and so Mm -hmm. the theory what it feels like is the theory is like well if we have these platforms that are so good at predicting what people's behavior is going to be what their interests are in based on like a triangulation of like their search their search history then their experiences should surely be optimized without them even needing to search for the thing that they were looking for. <laughs> well, that feels counterintuitive to the way yeah. that we sort of have operated before this moment, right? And so my experience of kind of going online is like and wanting to like learn new things is that it's incredibly difficult to like do so. And 
like the kind of and and this is this is like even independent of how difficult it is to learn stuff on the internet because of you know the sort of cultures of play paywalls and the idea that you know um I, i've mentioned this a couple of times on the show but like doing tech repair or finding out how to do tech repair via youtube is like one of the most difficult things in the world in part because like it will take you ages to actually get your answer and by that point and in many cases like to find out how to do the thing you want to do you need to sort of subscribe to someone's like skillshare class <laughs> or something along those lines and i wonder so i guess like uh, I wanted to know, uh, like, I wanted to, to see if you had any thoughts on, like, the ways in which algorithmic categorization, like, how has that impacted the way that we use, like, use the internet? And does that impact, like, how much enjoyment we actually get from trying to do the things that we want to do on it? Yeah.